Welcome, everyone, to the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. This is Paul Neifer, your host. And actually, today we're going to do a special podcast on the proposals from President Biden's administration on the budget. But within that uh, budget, there are several major proposals dealing with tax law changes. And I think in the media, we've heard they talk about the increase on taxes for wealthy people, those over $100 million where they're going to have to pay a minimum tax of 20%. And that's really all the media has talked about. The problem is inside of the bill, there are major tax law changes that they're proposing. Likely, again, as we've discussed before, none of these are going to happen. Uh, Remember that the administration does not write the law. That is done by Congress. And typically, the administration has to get Congress to go along with it. Now, we know during the pandemic, certainly dealing with PPP and some of these other provisions, you know, maybe the administration did create law or do law, uh, but this is getting a little bit back to normal. So let's go through some of the proposals and how they may affect your farm operation. First, they would like to increase the top uh, tax rate up to 39.6%. Currently, the 37% rate kicks in at about 500 and some thousand, close to, almost close to $600,000 as it's indexed to inflation. They actually want to drop this down to 400000 for singles and $450,000 for, uh, uh, for, uh, sing- uh, yeah, 400, for singles, 450000 for married couples. Uh, essentially, they're eliminating the 35% bracket. It's jumping up to the 39.6% rate fairly quickly. Then they're back to this proposal. How would they like to tax long-term capital gains and qualified dividend income at that 39.6% rate on income over a million dollars? And effectively, it's not just 39.6%. It's actually going to be 43.4% because all of that income, and I'm, I'm guessing buried down in some of the other details or changes on the net investment income tax to also make that applicable uh, to all income, essentially, for the farmers. So that would be a top rate of 43.4%, almost a double, or actually eh, almost a double uh, of the current top rate of 23.8%. And then they're back to, as all of us know, there was a lot of banter last year about they wanted to eliminate the uh, step up in bases. Well, the reality was they did not want to eliminate the step up in bases. They wanted to apply a transfer tax. To the, in order to get the step up in bases, and they're back to that again. Um, they essentially want to say if you transfer assets during lifetime or at death, you're going to pay a transfer tax, a capital gains tax on the transfer of those assets. Now, there would be a $5 million exclusion per person. It would also be allowed to be ported over to the surviving spouse. So there is that would help in some cases. Also, if you have a personal residence and there is a gain of up to 500000 on joint return, uh, that would be allowed to also go over tax-free. Uh, it appears that this would be indexed to inflation after 2022, and this would apply for gifts after the end of this year or people dying after the end of this year. Um, and and yeah, it, it, back to, you know, we, we fought hard against that. Uh, certainly in the farm arena, there are substantial tax liabilities that are eliminated uh, upon death. Um, you know, that's the one of the only good things about death, I guess, is from a tax standpoint, uh, we can eliminate all those tax liabilities, especially partnerships that have 
negative capital accounts uh, and so on, uh, this would really curtail the ability for farmers to pass those assets onto the next generation. Also, there is that minimum tax. Doesn't apply to too many farmers. In order for this tax to apply, your, your net worth has to be over a million, $100 million. Now we know it starts at 100 million and then over time, then it's 50 and then it's 10 and then it's a million, then it's everybody. So that's the reality on these type of uh, type of acts. Uh, I remember when the social security taxation was passed back in uh, the early 1980s, if I remember right, uh, well, maybe mid 1980s, they said it was only gonna apply to like the top 2% of income earners at that time. Well, now it applies to about 55% of earners and probably the people, my clients that have social security, it applies to 98% of them. Uh, it doesn't take much because it was never indexed to inflation. And then many farmers out there and other taxpayers use what we call grantor retained annuity trusts, those GRATs. And through planning, you can set it up where there's actually no gift, but you're able to transfer substantial amounts of highly appreciated assets over to the next generation. An example, Perhaps you put some farmland into a grat two years ago, and then at the end of the two years, whatever was left in there would get would go out to the heirs, and then you'd get your assets back. The appreciation would go out to the heirs. Well, just think of, of farmland values, what's happened in the last two years. You know, in some cases, it's doubled. A lot of that appreciation could have been pushed out to the heirs with no gift tax. Well, now they want to make the uh, minimum term for a grantor retained annuity trust at least 10 years. And they also want to uh, eliminate the ability to transfer assets out. They also want to make it so that you can't reduce the, uh, the annuity payment dur during any time of the, of the, um, of, of the grant. So th those are not welcome news. And then grantor trust. Many of you out there have created grantor trusts. It allows you to, let's say, sell your land or sell other assets to the grantor trust. There is no taxation as you collect those payments, the interest, it's non-taxable. It, it, it works fairly well. Well, what they've said is if you're going to create these grantor trusts, and remember that the idea on these trusts is you effectively have, have transferred the value to the next generation. You know, it's a gift, so it's out of your estate. You don't have to worry about it. But during your lifetime, you're gonna pay the tax on that because that also reduces your estate and, and you may be able to sell assets to it tax-free. Well, they're eliminating the ability to sell it tax-free and they're gonna make the payment of that tax an actual gift. Under current law, paying taxes is not a gift, so it doesn't increase your estate. Here, it would increase your estate. So that's, that's definitely a problem. I, I, I know of many, many farmers that take advantage of these trusts. Now, likely there's going to be some provisions in there saying that, hey, current trusts are going to be grandfathered, but uh, some of the other changes inside of it, like selling assets, et cetera, that's all going to be eliminated. So, uh, you know, th this, this is definitely not going to be a good proposal. And then also on, on when you value promissory notes, let's say that uh, your heir uh, bought something from you on an installment sale and then you happen to pass away, we're able to discount that promissory note because of the fact that, hey, it is a, you know, you can't go out and sell it for fair market value equal to face value. It's going to be discounted from that. Uh, that that's going to be curtailed. Uh, they definitely don't like that. Over on the trust and estate side, um, you know, 
The one positive, if, if you want to call it that, is the special use valuation that's currently at about $1.23 million. They want to bump that up to $11.7 million. Remember, the House had proposed that last year and then indexed to inflation. That, that would be beneficial for farmers. However, remember the heirs don't get any step up on that. So if they want to sell that land later on, uh, they're going to pay capital gains tax. And if capital gains tax is at 39 or 43.4 percent, maybe that's not that doesn't help that much. Uh, but we'll see. And then also they want to increase the lien period. It's currently 10 years. But if there's any outstanding unpaid estate and gift tax, they want to push that out. Also, any of you that have trust for your kids or grandkids, uh, right now you're not required to provide any estimated values uh, to the IRS. And this says that if the value of that trust is at least 300,000 or problematically has gross income of at least $10,000, then you're gonna have to provide a balance sheet each year indicating what you think the fair market value. That just allows them to understand hey, if we have proposals later on, we're going to start taxing that appreciation inside of those trusts. Because remember, they view trusts as a much smaller taxpayer. That $100 million wealthy person, they might say any trust with at least $300,000 of value, quote, is a wealthy trust. And that might have to then apply that minimum 20% minimum tax rate, et cetera, et cetera. So, so we'll see what happens there, but it definitely is something to be aware of. Then on Generation skipping trust exemptions. Uh, right now, there's an exemption. It's equal to your uh, lifetime exemption amount, currently 12.06 million, so a little bit over 12 million. That means you can transfer, you can skip your kids and give it to your grandkids, or you know, you can skip over a generation. And if it goes into that dynasty trust, it, it may effectively be um, completely that tax, the estate tax may be completely eliminated for multiple generations. Well, this proposal says, hey, we're going to force you to only be able to kick it down the road essentially two generations before uh, you're going to lose that exemption. And you're going to be taxed again. And then I think I forgot to mention also that they want to revalue anything that's in a trust. They want to revalue every 90 years. And that would start with any trust created in 1940. So this would start applying uh, for trust in 2030. So uh, that, that means, uh, let's say you put land in that trust in 1940 and it was $50 an acre, and now it's worth $100,000 an acre. I'm thinking of land maybe in California. Uh, that means the trust then would pay tax on that $89,950 of appreciation. Uh, so that's that's pretty draconian. You haven't sold it. You don't have any cash, but you're going to have to pay tax on it. So that's uh, those proposals in the in that area and then uh, now this probably wouldn't affect too many farmers but it could uh, especially as farming gets more and more capital intensive uh, a lot of farmers are going out and they're finding other investors to invest in farmland and the farmer will act as the uh, as the manager of that investment and would be entitled to, let's say, some of the proceeds if that is ever sold. As an example, uh, let's say they find a doctor, a couple doctors that buy farmland, and they're going to go ahead and say in their LLC agreement, uh, the doctors get appreciation of, let's say, 6% a year, 
And then thereafter, if they ever sell the property, uh, the farmer might, once the doctors get their 6% per year, then the farmer might get 20% of the profits above that and the doctors get the remainder. Under current laws, as long as you've held that at least three years, it's, um, it is only subject to, or it's long-term capital gains taxes, what happens. This proposal would make that ordinary income. You know, the Democrats have never liked carried interest being taxed as, as capital gains. They've always wanted to, to be taxed as ordinary income. Of course, if your income is over a million dollars, it doesn't really matter. It's all going to be taxed at the same rate. So this may or may not be that big of a deal. Here's something that farmers definitely would, would really not want to see happen. Uh, Section 1031 exchanges, administration is back to saying, Hey, if, if the gain is over a million dollars, you're going to be taxed on the amount over a million dollars, uh, $500,000 per taxpayer, a million dollars on a joint return. This would be for exchanges after this year. Uh, depreciation recapture on real estate. Uh, under current rules, you do have depreciation recapture when you sell real estate, but it's taxed at a maximum tax rate of 25%. Um, so that's very beneficial. What the proposal is, is if your income, including the depreciation recapture, I'm pretty sure, is over 400000 then it's going to be taxed at ordinary income rates. It's not going to be taxed at favorable capital gains rates. And with the limit or the curtailment on, on 1031 exchanges, uh, I'm guessing um, it wouldn't take much to hit that uh, dollar amount. You know, the, those are the major proposals. Uh, certainly the ones I'm most concerned about for our farmers. Uh, I'm not as concerned about the top tax rate, uh, the 39.6, because right now it's 37 going to 39.6. You know, I, I don't view that as being that big of a deal. Uh, I, I don't like it, but I don't view it as being a huge deal. Certainly the proposal on capital gains, uh, especially in, in conjunction with Section 1031 being curtailed down to maximum million dollar gain that you can defer as a married couple, uh, that would make it very, very easy for you to get slapped with a, especially in a state, let's say Minnesota, California, you'd be over a 50% tax rate, could almost be a 60% tax rate uh, on those gains. And remember, debt really doesn't matter. This is actual gain. So you could have refied that property multiple times. And what would happen effectively is you would end up owing more taxes than you would actually get cash. Uh, so that's that's the reality that might happen. So that's one I'm definitely uh, don't like. The transfer appreciated properties, you know, they they continue to want to make you pay for a step up in basis. Now they are terribly minded. They're saying that if you have that tax that you owe upon death, you get to deduct it against your estate. Well, that's true of any tax. You get to deduct that against your estate. So uh, that th th this is, you know, they, they're going to continue to push this. Uh, now, if we get a change in administration, likely, and especially if the House goes uh, uh, Republican, you know, a lot of this is going to die off. But uh, uh, this, this is what this is going to be here for the next 10 or 20 years. This is not going away. And, and if we ever really do get a true wave or true blue wave, so to speak, uh, these proposals will happen. Uh, not all, uh, but uh, you know, if we get firm control of the president, the House, and the Senate, where they get at least 60 votes in the Senate, and you know, they only need one extra vote on the House, 
um, uh, all these probably would go through, or a lot of them. Now, again, we have to remember there are many members in Congress that would be negatively impacted by these, so possibly um, you know, it would take a little bit more than a, just a slim majority. The minimum tax on the wealthiest taxpayers, certainly not a big deal right now, uh, but we know you know, as time goes by, that 100 million, like I said, suddenly becomes 50 million, and then becomes 10 million, then becomes 1 million. Uh, that would be something I worry about. You know, the the grats, uh, you know, possibly, like I said, the, the zero out grat that would disappear, but maybe long term grats may come about. Uh, you know, it's just something to be aware of. Um, you know, we we know that they continue to want to eliminate the ability to use those grantor trust the intentionally defective grantor trust the idgets uh, some of the the slats you know because typically a spousal lifetime access trust typically those are a grantor trust uh, they want to make those uh, very restrictive on as far as the taxation of those so again this is just some of the proposals that they have out there um, as we've said many many times the administration does not write laws although sometimes they do, but historically they're unable to write laws. Congress writes the law, but then the administration carries out the law. So even though this is a proposal, remember the the president is charged of putting the budget proposal to Congress and then Congress has to pass whatever they want to pass. Um, you know, likely none of these proposals, especially this year with the reality in Congress uh, this year, none of these will pass. Although we did hear, I would say, you know, Senator Manchin is willing to increase taxes on the wealthy as long as he gets his other, you know, clean energy, uh, helping the fossil fuel industry. Remember, he's from West Virginia and there's coal in that state. Um, you know, so there's there's a chance that some of this stuff could go through. And therefore, you need to be diligent. You need to be talking with your congressperson, letting them know how it may affect them directly. So, so with that, uh, you know, certainly, again, this is a special, special podcast for Top Producer. This is Paul for your host, signing off. Get timely updates about taxation, accounting, succession planning, and other issues that are unique to farmers and agribusiness processors. Find out about major agribusiness events and how to comply with new laws that affect your business. Subscribe to Farm CPA at blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness and experience the CLA promise. blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness.